Welcome to Reliance's Sunday Sermon. Worship with us at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Good morning, church. Let's try it again. Good morning, church. Aaron always says, we were just talking about that yesterday. Aaron always says, how many of you love you some Jesus? Come on, let's do it. How many of you love you some Jesus? How many of you thankful for freedom today? I can tell you right now, there's freedom in this place. You can feel it at the very strum of the first guitar and just walking in this place. Guys, I just want to say right now, I don't think I'm going to keep it together. Let's just be honest. Like, the Lord moved in a way last service that just, she's good. (laughs) And so, God, we just come with expectation, God, that you're faithful to you, are good, faithful to your promise. God, we just pray that you'd open every ear and heart to receive the truth and the power of your word today. God, we thank you that your word comes in and it it truly sharpens, God. It divides and it, and it truly just tunes us with you, Father. And so we just pray that, God, you would move in the heart. Lots of thoughts and lots of craziness going ahead. And my prayer was, Lord, would you just make me a vessel? <laughs> make me a vessel of your truth. Make me a vessel of your word. And I just pray, truly I pray that church this morning, this is a word. And so we've been in, ex- um, I'm just honored to be able to present it this morning. Come on, Amen. And so we've been excited, uh, I've been excited to jump in today, uh, just been truly amazed. I love that at a, as a church, we're digging into and under he is and why he came. Come on, amen? Yeah. And with that, last week, Aaron brought revelation of the Holy Spirit in our life. Heard and speaks through very, about hearing the voice of the Lord, the revelation of the Holy Spirit in our life. God speaks through various ways, dreams, visions, people, and his word. I journal and write down what he says. And it was just a beautiful, powerful word. He shared some incredible testimonies. I encourage you, if you didn't hear that, to go back and listen to it. And um, the best part is, church, is the Lord is stirring something in our body. Come on, amen. He has redefined who we are as a church, as re- of the church that he has desired and asked for each one of us. And so today, I just want to further, and uh, we're going to dig into that. But before we do, I just want to share a little bit um, of, of setting this up for just a second. A couple months ago, I read through the book of Acts um, as we were reading through it in our men's service. Like, let's try this again. Men, isn't it awesome? Everybody say amen. It felt just as flat last service. Like, let's try this again. Men, isn't it awesome? Yeah. Yeah, cool. We still got one. It's okay. Don't worry about it. But here's the truth. When we gather together, we get to sharpen each other, and it's things in life. And see how the word begins to work in each of us individually, but then it sharpens us as a whole. Come on, amen? And so we're in uh, the, uh, the book of Acts, and we're just going through it, and it's supposed to be a church of action. Come on. And it's fulfilled through the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's divined, and def- you will receive power when the one, verse 8. And Jesus says to the disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem throughout Judea. The disciples saw the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the absolute divine of Jesus. Come on, amen? The good of healing the blind and healing the the lepers, walking on water, people turning water into wine and healing the blind and healing the, the lepers, raising people from the dead. Man, of the, of the message of Christ. They also saw the, the persecution 
of the, of the message of Christ, the persecution of Jesus himself, of the disciples, and ultimately the ugly of the crucifixion of Jesus on the cross. Missed it all, but best, they got to experience the resurrection of a king. And he peers before him, them, and he's standing before them, and he comes to this Acts 1-8 and says, and carry out the commission that I commissioned you in Matthew 28. But it also is a promise that Jesus says in John 16, 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage, or it is better that I go, for if I do not go away, they say amen. So we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and who he is and why he has come. Church, I don't mean to rag on the church, but in a lot of ways, I've had conversations with We are all about the Father. Come on, amen? His goodness, his love, who he is, how he loves. So thankful that he his grace and his mercy and his kindness. I mean, we're so thankful that he sent his son because he loved us so much. In the form of human flesh, Jesus stepped down on earth to show us the fullness of love, but ultimately to redeem us back to the divisive subject in the church. We have different denominations, we have different things, and the truth is, is because we've lost direction of who meant of the Holy Spirit. Come on, amen? Fully in man and operated fully in God through the power meant of the Holy Spirit. Come on, amen? This is super important for us, church. This is why we're talking through this. We can't do it without the Holy Spirit. It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They are one, and there is no separation. And it is his plan, and we are the church, and it will come to fruition, but we have to walk in the fulfillment of it. And so, he, he sent, Jesus promised, and then he sent so that we would be a church on mission. And this is super important. And so, as I said, last week Aaron talked about hearing the voice of the Lord and how I don't know again about you guys, but it impacted me greatly. Like when we slow down and we tune our heart with the Lord and we begin to open our ears, God changes this mindset. He changes this heart. He lets us download with his heart and we begin to see and hear and understand the heart of our Father. Come on, amen? This is huge. We have to be doing this. We see Jesus do this over and over again. He, he, he does this incredible ministry through the power of the Holy Spirit, and then he steps aside, and he goes and gets with his Father, and he listens, and he hears the voice of the Lord, and then he walks in the next part of that. Come on, amen? And through this, we have a responsibility. <laughs> We have a responsibility after tuning in with the heart of the Lord and hearing God's voice. There's the next part, and that word is obedience. Somebody say obedience. obedience. I was sharing with Aaron about, man, Aaron, that was such an incredible message. It's so good. And if anybody knows Aaron, you share something with him, it's dangerous. So this is what I'm saying. I'm like, Aaron, that was a good message. Like, this is huge. Like, this is big for the church. We have to be in tune with the heart. Go with this. But there's a step, man. I think that we have to go. This next part of that is obedience. What good is it if we hear the voice of God and we hear his heart and we see his desires and then we don't walk in obedience to his commands? And Aaron's like, dude, that's so good. You're preaching this week. <laughs> but here's, thanks, buddy. It happens to be Memorial Day. Don't worry about it. But here's the thing, I'm excited to bring the message today because I do believe the Lord has laid it on us as the church. And so Acts chapter 9, 
verse 10, Aaron talked about it. Ananias, hearing the voice of the Lord. But I feel like there's a little bit more to the story that I want to just pick apart and go through. So we're just going to read it together. Acts 9, verse 10. Now there, there, there was a believer or a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling, Ananias, yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street, to a house of Judas. When you get here, when you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by leading priests to arrest anyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the how much he must suffer for my name's as well as to people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instead, some, instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's food. He regained, regained his sight. Then he got up, was baptized. After he ate some food, he regained his strength. Amen, amen. I love this scripture. I love this, the heart of this, and I just want to bring this, this a little bit different perspective this morning. Ananias is a man, he, it's, in most translations it says Ananias was the Lord's disciple. I find this absolutely amazing because we're only in Acts chapter 9 and the, the idea of a disciple is a brand new thing. Come on, amen. But this is obviously a man who hears the voice of God, who's in tune with the, the Lord's heart, and he is eager He's extremely excited and eager. And it says that he is a disciple of the Lord. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. And I love this because when the Lord calls out to Ananias, which, by the way, Ananias is only mentioned right here. It's a different Ananias in Acts 5. But this Ananias is only mentioned right here. And it says this, Ananias, as soon as the Lord calls out, says, yes, Lord, He's eager, he's excited, he's super in tune with the heart, and he is ready for whatever the Lord has to say. It literally has an exclamation point after it. Yes, Lord, I'm listening, you calling my name, I'm here. And he goes from this eagerness, and he's like, yes, God, I'm on, I'm on point, whatever you want. And the Lord says, hey, I need you to go, and Ananias is like, yeah, let's do it. He's like, I need you to go to this place, this man at Tarsus, and, you're, and he's like, okay, let's do it, Lord, I'm good. He's like, this man's name's Saul, and all of a sudden, the bottom falls out, and his eagerness goes to like, you want me to do what? <laughs> Wait, you, you're telling me, Lord, that you want me to go and do this. This eagerness goes to the word but. The word yes goes to but. Yes, Lord, to but, Lord. <laughs> But Lord, this is a man who's persecuting Christians. This is a man who's literally watching my brothers be crucified. Like, God, you want me to do kill? This man has the authority to arrest me and maybe even worse, kill me, and you want me to go lay my hands on him and touch it? Wait, I don't think so. See, the amazing part of this story is Ananias has a decision. Ananias could have easily said, yeah, Lord, but the risk is too great. 
I know that you're speaking. Lord, I know that you're calling me to be a part of this thing. I feel like you might have a plan, but God, the risk is too grand. And Ananias, instead, the Lord says to him, go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my namesake. And the next verse says, so Ananias went. (laughs) It's obedience, walked out. Church, you want to know what amazes me about this story? Is Ananias isn't mentioned anywhere else. We don't know anything else about him. We don't know a whole lot. But his name is written in the book of life for eternity. And today you and I are talking about it 2,000 years later because of a man's obedience. And guess what? We know the full story. We should be thankful for Ananias' obedience. Because Saul had a call on his life, a chosen instrument for the gospel. And Jesus said, I have a call on his life. The Lord said, I have a call on Saul's life. He's going to become Paul. And he's going to learn what it means to suffer for my namesake. But his mind is going to shift through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's going to partner with my kingdom. And the witness and the gospel of Jesus is going to go forth to the ends of the world. And you and I today know it because of a faithful obedience of somebody named Ananias of going and putting his hands and Paul is filled or Saul is filled with the Holy Spirit becomes Paul and we know the rest of the story somebody say amen Amen. see the truth church is is we get to partner with the kingdom of God if we walk in obedience but the question is is the reward verse is the reward worth the risk and Ananias is saying yes Lord I'll go That was Ananias' calling, is literally just to be a part of something. But church, this is where I feel like sometimes we miss out. The Holy Spirit didn't just come so we could have some goosebump feelings, fuzzy feelings, and feel good about ourselves. The Holy Spirit came so that the commission and the message of Jesus would go to the ends of the earth. That's the reason Holy Spirit came. We see it. In Acts chapter 2 is the Holy Spirit descended on the disciples. They didn't just keep it in for themselves and be like, wow, that was really cool. I hope that happens again. No, they were filled with boldness. They were filled with courage. They were filled with tongues of fire and spoke in other languages so that they could go to those regions of the earth and share the good news of the gospel. Come on. And because of that, the church of Acts is born. And we see that. And so anyway, um, I don't know if you guys have been a, a part of this yet, but if, if, you, if you've been able to come to the house that's meeting every, uh, basically Monday through Thursday, it was meeting at, at uh, 8.30 in the morning, but now it is meeting at 6 a.m. starting, 6.30, starting when? Tuesday. So 6.30 starting Tuesday, and it's just, man, the Lord put on Ryan and Bree just to go after his heart through worship and prayer that we will be a house of prayer, and we will be a house of worship, and when I say we, the body of Christ, come on, amen? And so they're just digging in, and I've been thankful for it. Sometimes I get to go for 10 minutes, sometimes I get to go for the whole hour, but every time I feel like the Lord's just downloading something to me. So anyway, when I came to Aaron, I said, Aaron, there's just this incredible word that I feel like the Lord shared in Genesis chapter 17 and 18, and it's the, the, the story of, of Abraham and, and Sarah. We know this story. We've probably re- heard it or read it a thousand times. Maybe not a thousand, like ten. I said this last service and it got me off track. All right, like we've read it many times, okay? We know the story. 
God comes to Abraham, and Abraham knows the voice of the Lord. Amen? He knows the voice. He hears the voice of the Lord. They talk on a regular basis, and God comes to Abraham and says, Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. I know your desire. I know your want. I'm going to give you a son. And Abraham's like, how are you going to give me a son in, in my old age? I'm like 100 years old. What are you talking about? And God says, yes, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And, you know, we know the story. There's some disobedience that happens. And, and what happens is we get Abraham gets a little impatient and Sarah, and they come up with this own plan that they're going to just take it upon themselves. And so, you know, I'm not. Sarah comes and says, hey, why don't you sleep with my servant? And just, you know, I'm not childbearing. I don't have that gift. So why don't you do that? I'm okay with it. And they have a son and they name him Ishmael. And yet the Lord still blesses Ishmael. They say that he'll be the, the, the father of many nations as well. But there's still a plan that the Lord has. And even in disobedience, he is still speaking to Abraham. And he comes back to Abraham, and this time he like clarifies, Abraham, I'm going to give you a son with Sarah in your ripe old age, and you are going to be the father of many nations. And even in the disobedience, we know what happens. God sends three visitors. These visitors come into the camp. They ask where Sarah is, and and Abraham's like, well, she's in the tent in there. So he goes, well, guess what? This time next year, you're going to have a son. And Scripture literally says, Sarah overhears them and laughs. What are you talking about? How am I going to have a son in my old age? And even worse, my, my husband's even older. She's like throwing him under the bus. We're going to have kids at 100? I had kids at like, I have a 16-year-old, a 14-year-old, and a 5-year-old. That and guess what? Couldn't only imagine having a kid at 100 years old. And guess what? We know the, with the story. Abraham redeems himself through obedience. God tells him to take his son up to sacrifice him on the mountaintop. And he takes him all the way to the top. And the truth is, is through obedience, God spares Isaac and says, I, I, and they worship God in this place. But Isaac becomes the father of 12. And those 12 become the tribes of Israel. And one of those tribes is a tribe called Judah. And through that tribe, a man named Jesus is born. See, I'm sure Isaac, I'm, I'm sure Abraham and Sarah thought Isaac was an incredible blessing. I'm sure they were like, Lord, thank you. Thank you to, for your faithful to your promise. Lord, it's amazing what you're doing. But they could never see the completion to Jesus. But let me tell you something. God's plan was, it is, and it always will be Jesus. His plan is greater than anything that man or anybody can comprehend. And he's calling us into obedience so that the grander plan would still go forth. And if we, I love it, every week, and, and, and it takes obedience. I love it. Every week in here, Aaron says to us, how many of us love us from Jesus? And we're like, yeah! We get excited. We get pumped up. And it keeps us focused on what we are all about. Come on, amen? And I hear the enthusiasm. It, keeps it, it goes from this place of like, eh, it's, I'm, I'm just a little tired. It's like, yeah, I love me some Jesus. It's good. I love that. But the truth is, is God has a, even a bigger command. In John 14, 15, Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey what I command you. In 1 John 5, 3 and 4, it says, in fact, this is love for God, 
to obey his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome, for anyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. This is love for God, to obey his commands. How many of us love us some Jesus? Jesus. And he's saying, I love that, because last time I said that, it was like birds chirping right there, because with that comes the... the his voice. I want to share a story with you of a missionary named Rachel Saint. There's a picture of it up here. Rachel Saint. Um, maybe there's a picture of it. This is Rachel Saint. Um, her brother was a famous missionary. And Rachel was born um, of a blue-collar family in the Great Depression. Didn't have much money. Didn't have much to her name at all. And at 18 years old, she was invited with an elderly woman to go on a cruise to Europe. And on this cruise, they would go all around Europe and live this luxurious life. And for her, I bet you it was incredible. Not coming from money, not seeing many things like this. She was probably having the time of her life. And... From the second to last day on the cruise, this elderly woman came to Rachel and said, Rachel, I'm a widow. I have no kids. I have no sons. I have no daughters. But I'm asking you, would you be my surrogate daughter and take the last two or three years of my life and travel around the world with me and keep me company? And I will give you my inheritance. And she, was, she had $100 million at the time. In our day and age, it's billions of dollars. It says, if you're willing to do this, I will give you the entire inheritance. And to the elderly woman's surprise, she didn't just jump at it. She just said, hey, do you mind if I pray about it? And the elderly woman said, yes, but I want to know by the time we dock tomorrow. And so Rachel went up to her room in her cabin and just fell on her knees, and she began to pray to the Lord. And she said, Lord, what do you want? Let me hear your voice. Speak to me. And it said in this, this cabin of this luxurious cruise ship, the Lord gave her a vision and spoke to her. And it, he showed her a people group, of dark complexion, mostly naked, extremely violent, and holding spears. And she heard the Lord say, I want you to go to these people and find them. I want you to bring the good news, and I'm calling you to give your life over to this. Every desire, I could help those minds she's battling. Every care, every want, every desire, I could help other people. A hundred million dollars, billions of dollars in our day and age. We could do everything with that kind of money. But the Lord spoke to her and called her to something else. Rachel ended up serving in, in South America for a while and trying to find these people group, and it took her for a little while. Eventually, she, she finds these people in Ecuador, and she knows the Lord is calling to them. Extremely dangerous people group. No outside connection whatsoever. Her brother is super famous because he was one of the missionaries martyred trying to go into this place. If you've ever seen the movie End of the Spear or Tip of the Spear, 
Nate Saint was the one who was flying over and they were dropping food and dropping supplies, trying to build a, a relationship with them and take care of their needs and help them out so that they could bring the gospel in and ultimately landed their plane and tried to go in and minister and were killed by the spears of these Ecuadorian people. Rachel said it wasn't anything that built bitterness or anything in her life, but actually she was drawn to them even more and she felt spiritually attached to them. Lived in this community among these people and were received. Through that, the message of Jesus was brought forth. Ecuadorian people and gave her life to the gospel for them. Lives were changed and transformed through obedience. Let me just tell you right now, the reward will always, always outweigh the risk when it comes to Jesus. I'm gonna ask the band to come up and I have permission from Aaron, you all heard it, to go as long as I want, so. But church, I'm, I'm just gonna be honest with you. It's super important that we define that the Holy Spirit didn't come for fuzzy feelings or to gift the body of Christ to keep it inside four walls. 100%. Jesus said it's better that I go so that the Holy Spirit will come. And the Holy Spirit, in Acts 1.8, is gonna come on you in power. And you are gonna be my witnesses to the end of the earth. We're tuning our hearts in. The Lord is speaking. We're tuning our hearts in and we're opening our ears. But the responsibility on you and I is to walk in obedience, to partner with the kingdom of God here on earth. Because the plan of God is bigger than we'll ever see. It is so much grander than we'll ever know. The Holy Spirit isn't just so that I can have fuzzy feelings and goodness. That comes along with it. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, and faithfulness, self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit when I'm walking in the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit. But that's because I'm on mission pinpointing in the kingdom. See, one of the men used the word on one of our nights and he said, you know, God's beginning to show me what has eternal value. And those words, eternal value, just rang in my head over and over again. All the things that I spend my time towards and all the things that I put my effort towards, if it doesn't have eternal value, what are we doing? Rachel Saint saw that. I can have millions of dollars, Lord, and I'm sure I could do some good things with it, but I want to be on point with you. I want to be in tune with your heart. I want to see how you see. I want to think how you think. I want to have your heart, your desires. And so, Lord, I say yes. Ananias said yes. Lord, use me. And we see the kingdom advanced to sitting right here today for me to know the goodness of Jesus. I want to share one more story, but before I do, I just want to say this. I'm thankful for people who said yes in obedience and spoke into my life over the years. Come on, amen. For my mom, who was a prayer warrior when I was the worst of the worst, and she probably seriously had questions at times, like, Lord, you need to get a hold of this child, for he's crazy. 
my dad who spent late nights with me going over the word and pointing to me to Psalms and Proverbs, pointing wisdom and telling me this is living and active, Matt. You wanna know God's voice, get into your word. Just thankful for it, yet I still rebelled. I was still Abraham, I was still Jonah, I was Mark in the blank, I was still every disciple missing the mark. I'm thankful for a young girl named Bridget Miller who came to me when I was rude to her and I was mean to her and she said, hey, you need to come to our youth group. I saw that you come to our church and I'm like, yeah, cool. At school, just like blew you off. Like, no thanks. Comes and finds me on a Sunday morning and said, hey, come to youth group. And I was like, no, I'm good. And my mom's like, you're gonna go. So I went and then she's like, hey, you're you're gonna play guitar in our worship band. I don't play guitar. That's not gonna go well. She's like, you'll learn, you're good. I'm thankful for a young man who I walked into a church one day that I truly thought was beneath me. I did not think they had it going on. They had this name attached to him that I didn't agree with. And I walked in and this man spoke life into me, full of joy, encouragement. And he literally said, you have a calling on your life. Do you wanna help me in youth ministry? Man's name's Aaron Wallace, 2001. Aaron spoke into my life. I mean that. I told him, I will not preach. He's like, no, man, I just need you to help me wrangle chaos. But you have a call on your life. And he literally decided, I'm a royal priesthood. And when I get discouraged, he would remind me who I am in Jesus, that I am a son, I'm a royal priesthood, and there's a call on my life. Maui, Hawaii, when we had not a penny to our name, who said yes to the voice of the Lord and said, hey, I want you to go give those people $20 and remind them that I am their provision and I will never leave them needing. I will have them for the rest of their life. Remind them of that. This lady gives me $20 and I'm bawling inside of Orange Julius because I forgot of the goodness and the faithfulness of the Lord. And he stands firm to that faithfulness every single day. I'm thankful for the others who spoke into my life and spoke words and have spoken to me so that this man who is not worthy of the gospel, this man who fails every single day, this man who is sometimes I feel like the worst of the worst, and God says, no, man, I'm, you are my chosen. You are my child. You are my son, and I've adopted you, and I call you a co-heir, and my inheritance to you is greater than you can ever fathom, but stay the course. Tune your ears into my voice. I have a call on your life, and that call is going to be fulfilled through my empowerment of my Holy Spirit. I'm sending it upon you, and you're going to walk in the fullness of this. I'm thankful for those yeses. Come on, church. In May of 1934, Christian businessmen, one of the men's prayers that day said, meeting on a farmer's pasture. One of the men's prayers that day said, out of Charlotte, North Carolina, the Lord would raise up someone to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. Sometime later, some local pastors in a Christian men's club invited Dr. Mordecai Ham, a traveling evangelist, to hold a series of revival inside of North Carolina that would span over 11 weeks. In the crowd was a young, rebellious teenager. I did not want anything to do with this evangelist, particularly with a colorful character such as Dr. Ham. The young teenager said, I told my parents that I would not go near him, I wouldn't go hear him, no way, no how. 
A while later, his interest in the revival peaked after reading an article in which Dr. Ham claimed local high schoolers were participating in immoral activities during school hours. Some of the students decided to show up in protest and maybe even physically assault Dr. Ham. The young teenager was excited and he loved a good fight and he even heard that the evangelist was a fighter himself. So he decided to go. That night, Dr. Ham preached with conviction and he shared about hell. But even more, he shared about a love of God that we couldn't comprehend, couldn't understand, that it was for all and it was to all. And it says this, the young man felt like every word of the Dr. Ham evangelist was directed to him. The young man was filled with conviction for the first time in his life and he felt like he'd been missing something. November 7th of 1934, Dr. Ham was in the local church for one more night. After Dr. Ham finished his message, he invited the tabernacle full of people to accept Christ. I walked down to the front feeling as if I had lead weights attached to my feet, the teenager said. Any emotion or any woman next to him with tears running down her cheeks, I did not feel any emotion or any kind, anything like that, he said and wondered if, he'd been make, if he was making a fool of himself. He said, I almost turned around and went back to my seat when a family friend came beside me and explained God's plan for salvation in a simple way. Prayed for a young teenager, guided him in a prayer of salvation. That night, the young teenager gave his life to Jesus. That night, Billy Graham gave his life. Jesus. The story rings a little bit in my life because I found out a year ago that I'm related to Billy Graham. <laughs> my great grandma is a Graham. She's the cousin of Billy Graham. And because of some man's yes to the voice of God on a farmer's pasture said, hey, on this night, there's somebody here who's going to have a great calling on their life, and they're going to preach the gospel all over the earth. Billy Graham literally didn't even think twice about it. That ain't me. Some person here, an evangelist, preached because of a simple yes and a conviction on a traveling evangelist, preached with conviction the love of Jesus, and a young man began to feel the conviction through the Holy Spirit. And through the stirring, this man calls down to receive Jesus and Billy Graham walks down to the front and almost turns back but somebody obedient to the voice of the Lord brings him forward and shares the love and the message of Jesus and prays a salvation prayer and that day Billy Graham gave his life to Christ the yeses in my life I'm thankful for for people's obedience because church we are called to be a people of obedience if we love the Lord with all of our heart if we love the Lord with all of who we are we are called to be obedient to his commands and what good is it to hear the voice of the Lord and completely walk in disobedience because church somebody might be that Billy Graham when we lead them I told you that I'm gonna be a mess today because last service A son brought his dad to the front altar. And I want nothing more. Dad's been 
diagnosed with prostate cancer. And I want nothing more for him to receive Jesus. And he doesn't think he's good enough. The son asked the dad, old man, with tears in his eyes. The son asked the dad, dad, do you want to receive Jesus today? And the man looks up, gray hair, beard, sky, and says, God, I receive you as my savior. I get to lead the man in a prayer of salvation. I get to remind him that God doesn't see him with condemnation doesn't see his past, doesn't see all the brokenness in his life. He loves him. He says, welcome home, son. And he prays the Lord to come into his heart. He literally said, Lord, I give myself to you, and I say yes to Jesus. I'm believing in healing for this man and prostate cancer in Jesus' name. But more than that, all of heaven is rejoicing and we walked into this place I felt freedom I felt rejoicing I felt heaven just delighting over what the Holy Spirit just did in this room so yeah I'm a mess I'm a crying baby today but one man just said yes to Jesus and there's way more testimonies so church I want to do two things and we're going long <laughs> we just put our hands out like this I just want to pray this over us as the church so Lord we come humbly before you today and we say thank you God thank you that your plan is bigger than anything we could ever comprehend God, thank you that you've included us in it and that, God, you are for every single person. Your word literally says that your desire is for everyone to be saved. So, Lord, today I'm praying for every son and every daughter, for every man and every woman in this room, that, God, you would pour out your spirit. God, I'm praying just an obedience like the church of Acts, that, God, we would be back on mission. God, I'm praying just an obedience through your your bride, that God, we would say yes, Lord, like Ananias, that we don't always see the bigger picture, but Lord, we know that you're moving. We would say yes, like Rachel Saint. God, we would say yes, like all the people that just the little things that had in the store for a man named Billy Graham to come and just be stirred with fire to share the good news. God, I'm praying that you would stir up men and women in this room, and that God, you would raise up evangelists and prophets and teachers and, God, leaders. God, I'm praying that you would just pour it out. Father, I'm praying that we would tune our ears with you, and that we'd, we'd hear the things of heaven. We'd hear your voice. But Lord, more than anything, we would walk in obedience. That God, we would truly see what is eternal value. So, Lord, pour out your spirit. Father, we just come before you. We say we want, God. We want it. We say yes, Lord, with eager expectation, God. We say yes, Lord. Send me. Yes, Lord. We know there's still work to be done. God, I tell you, so you shape our eyes back on you, Father. For first love. 
I just feel like I need to come forward. If you're a leader or a prayer, I know you guys have no clue idea this is going on, but that's the beauty of it all. So if you're a leader or yeah, prayer member, just come forward. I thought I was going crazy last week or last service. Like, all right, Lord, I'm just going to put this out there. And guess what? A man gave his life to Jesus. So I'm going to say the same for, for us. Maybe you feel like a fool. Maybe you feel like you're not good enough. Maybe you feel like, yeah, I've been playing the part and going to church for a long time, but I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I've never said yes to him. I've never said the words, Lord, I give you my life. I receive you as Savior. I'm going to ask you to be bold today and come forward. And guess what? Just like the son did to his own dad, maybe you need to walk arm in arm with somebody. Maybe you need to be the the family member or the, the close brother that said, hey, I'll do this with you. Let's do this thing. Today's the day. And so come. He's in this place. There is a spirit of freedom and the Lord wants to do more work. And so come forth. Maybe you have a call on your life and you know it. Change my heart, God. Make me in tune with yours. Maybe that's your prayer. Come forth. Maybe you've just been in a transition of confusion and just don't know where the Lord's leading you. I'm asking you to come forth. And let's pray that you would hear the voice of God and walk in obedience to it. So Lord, we come before you. We ask these things. God, I pray that if you have, God, you're stirring, your spirit's stirring. God, draw people unto you. You do the work. No one comes to you, Lord, unless they've been drawn. So you do the work. But Lord, we just come in obedience. We wait on you. and We say, Lord, have your inheritance today. We worship you. We praise you. We, we say all these in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Amen. Let's, let's just stand. I, come forward. If you feel a stirring, if you feel un, just an unsettled heart, whatever it is, come be prayed for. Walk in boldness today. Let's sing it. Thanks for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org. Have a great week.